Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Alright, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. Alright, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Alright, people, we are in peak holiday travel time. So, congrats if you're listening to this on the road, but we understand your movie watching schedule might be a little unpredictable. You're with your family. You've got to take other people's opinions into consideration. So, you might get to see Poppins with the crew, or you might end up watching Trolls three times in a row because your nieces and nephews are controlling the TV. So, what we're going to do is we're going to introduce ourselves and tell you what 2018 movie we are still most looking forward to. I'm Sandra Amstutz. I am a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and hands down, I'm most looking forward to If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh. It hasn't come out here yet, and uh, I, I love, I think Barry Jan- that trailer makes me cry. I think it's beautiful and emotional, which are things that I look for in movies, and I'm ready for it. Well, I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from Chicago, and I should have thought of a better question because that is obviously the same one. I, <laughs> if Beale Street Could Talk is definitely the, thing, the movie that we're still waiting for. <laughs> I also really wanted to say Poppins, but I thought like, well, obviously Poppins. And also we're recording this like the day that Poppins comes out. So right, right. Um, so that felt like immediate in, in a sense, whereas Beale Street feels like it's still, I'm still waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely think I'm more excited about Beale Street than Poppins. Still pumped for Poppins, I'm but pretty, pretty Beale Street is... Yeah. Beale Street, yeah. has a t- I think, has a chance of making it in my top 10, whereas I don't believe yeah. Poppins does. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Same. So. Uh, well, this week, what we are going to do is we're going to talk about two movies. We're going to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and we're going to talk about the new Netflix movie, Roma. But before we get into that, we like to talk about something we either discovered or rediscovered throughout the week, whether it be a movie, TV show. We're in the end of the year. It's all, it's going to be all movies. Sandra, what are you feeling this week? Well, like you said, Lucas, it's going to be all movies because I'm trying to get in a lot of movies. Cr- we're in cram mode right now. <laughs> yeah, especially now before, like... You fly home to be with a family in a town mm-hmm. where, like, the movie theaters don't show a lot. So yeah. you're, I'm taking advantage of my big city privileges. <laughs> um, and what better movie to s- take advantage of my big city privileges with than Vox Lux? Lucas, I have to ask, before I even start talking about how I feel about Vox Lux, are you familiar with it? What do you think it's about? Do you want to see it? Okay, so this is the movie where Natalie Portman plays a pop star and has a tempestuous relationship with her daughter, and Jude Law has weird hair? Uh, uh, two out of is three. It? Yeah. Uh, do, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember from the trailer thinking, ah, oh, Jude Law, interesting look. Okay, yeah, I didn't have a problem with the hair, but but yes, okay. And are you interested in seeing this? So it's on my list of things to see. I, I haven't heard any reviews yet about it yet, but it is something that I have on my okay. list. Let me tell you about my experience of, like, hearing what it's about versus, like, seeing this movie. Okay. Okay. So, I'm excited. Um, a while ago, when I was made aware of this movie, um, there was a teaser trailer that I thought was very – a little disappointing only in that, like, it's very limiting. It's, like, very just, like, a 20-second sh- scene. 
um, that shows Natalie Portman and her full pop star regalia, but it's like the back of her, and she's like walking backstage before a concert, and like that's the whole teaser trailer. So it doesn't give you much to know about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I was disappointed. But I was uh, made aware of this movie that was Natalie Portman playing a pop star. And from the promotional materials, it seemed like a very, like, Gaga-esque pop star. Um, right. And, man, that's all I needed to hear. Like, Natalie Portman plays a pop star. It's like, <laughs> sign me up, right? That's, like, such a great premise. And uh, so I was looking forward to this movie. And then the reviews started coming in. And... Basically, the consensus that I heard online from most of the film critics I follow um, is that, like, Vox Lux is, like, garbage. Like, it is a bad movie. Like, and Natalie Portman, of course, is still great Natalie Portman. But, like, this is a bad movie. And um, especially in a year where we have A Star is Born for, like, a direct comparison, you know? Yeah. And so I, that was disappointing but it was still kind of like on my like maybe I'll see it list. Then one film film critic that I follow, Lindsay Romaine, um, who I appreciate her perspective so much, but I don't always agree with. But I love following her because I think she brings like such a great fresh perspective to everything. Um, she put Vox Lux as at number ten on her top ten list, and so like man, that really had me intrigued. And truly, up until the moment I went to go see it, I was, like, debating, like, do I go see it? Do I not? Um, And let me tell you, I'm so glad that I saw Vox Lux. It is a wackadoo movie. Um, But I was so invested every moment I was watching it. And I can't wait to watch it again. I think it is such a spectacle and not necessarily like a visual spectacle like like you might imagine uh, a movie about a pop star to be but it's like a spectacle of weird ideas and accents and like and <laughs> everyone's dialed up a notch i'm not saying that this movie is like a great film um there's definitely like a lot of <laughs> bullshit there's definitely a lot of like over the top acting choices but I feel like all of that is on purpose, and I was delighted by all of it. And I'm learning about myself that I've always known that I really like dialogue, that like dialogue is one of my favorite parts of film. And um, for me, more dialogue is always better than less dialogue, which is maybe not usually the case for quality, but for me, that in my taste, that's what that's what I like. And um, this movie feels like a play, which a lot of my favorite movies do. The dialogue is all over the place, but, like, I'm so riveted by it. And um, I don't want to spoil what it's really about, um, because it is about a pop star. But it is it gets to being a pop, about a pop star in such a crazy-ass way um, that I was just, like, delighted because you don't know what's happening. You don't, you can't, nothing about it is predictable. Um, it's weird, and it's pretentious, and... I had so, so much fun watching it. All right. Yeah. I really, really want you to see it, Lucas. I can't guarantee you'll like it, but I really, <laughs> really want you to see it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'm. It, it was it's, It was definitely something that I was very interested in. Yeah. But it's one of those things. It's like, I don't know if I'll get to it on my list this year. And I adore Jude Law and Natalie Portman working together. I think this movie does some really really interesting things with casting that again remind me a lot of like theater 
And yeah, I just think it's rad. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, that segues nicely into my thing. Speaking of interesting casting in theater, this week I'm feeling the movie Mary Queen of Scots, which is um, the directorial debut of Josie Rourke, um, who is a theater director. And someone gave her the budget for a massive movie, which I've never heard of something like this happening before, where you give a first time director this much money and it be a woman. So I am really impressed. Usually this stuff happens for like Marvel movies and things like that. Yeah. Um, but. She So Mary Queen of Scots is the story, obviously, of Mary Queen of Scots and her relationship with um, Queen Elizabeth. And Queen Elizabeth. Um, and I was interested in this movie, but I wasn't exactly sure kind of what kind of story you're going to tell. Anytime you're going to do a biopic like this, I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can come at it. Um, and I was really impressed that this is a story really of two women and just their struggles being queen. It's a very difficult life for them. Um, it's one of the things that I really liked about it was the casting. This is very much theater casting where you have people in here that you, um, if you're going with a historically accurate kind of, um, interpretation of it, you wouldn't have, um, you've got Gemma Chan, um, as, um, one of the ladies in waiting, you have, um, a couple black people in here playing like Dukes and stuff. It's just an interesting casting choice. Um, you've also got a guy who looks like he should be in a Scottish emo band. He doesn't really fit peri- peri- like a period piece thing. Um, but, but everybody does a really great job, and I really like a lot of the performances. Um, again, this is a first-time director, so there's 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 some, I do have some like qualms with it. There's a battle scene that is possibly the worst battle scene that I've ever seen shot on film. It is quite terrible. Um, but overall, none of that really mattered to me just because um, of the story that was being told was really intriguing and really something that I hadn't seen before, um, just about the struggle it is to be queen um, in that time period surrounded by men um, and the kind of the powerless feeling that you have, even though you are the one technically with all the power. Um, I, it was a really well done movie and really, I came out of it really, really moved, especially having watched the favorite as well. Like those are, I think two movies that pair really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sandra, you have seen Mary Queen of Scots, correct? Yeah. Lucas, I wasn't, I didn't have high expectations for this. I didn't have low expectations either. Yeah. It was just one of those movies. It's like, Oh, well I definitely need to see that because it's the period mm-hmm. piece around Oscar season with actresses I love. And this is one of my favorite movies of the year. I think yeah. that this movie is incredible. Um, I don't think it's getting what it deserves. I don't think it's no, getting the recognition it deserves. It's so good. It's so fascinating the way that this movie like is really tackling gender. And not just what it's like to be a woman, but gender as a whole. And mm-hmm. um, gender and power and how those two are linked. And this movie is fascinating. Um, one, I mean, Saoirse Ronan is, continues to be like one of the greatest actresses of our time. Um, and so like you have just like a powerhouse of like a cast, I think that's like providing interesting performances. Um, but I don't know, the script of this movie is like what really did it for me. And I love the way these women are talking about what it's like to be women in power and what this movie has to say about the way power shifts constantly. Um, it reminds me, favor, the favorite is like a perfect um, viewing with, like pairing with this movie, mm-hmm. but also like a show like Succession, I think is also like, a. Yeah. it reminds me so much of like Succession, 
I loved, loved this movie. I wanted to say, uh, oh, about the battle scene that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I really disagree with you on that because I thought that battle scene was perfectly inept. Meaning, like, <laughs> not, not that the filmmaking, but, like, the battle itself. Meaning that, like, it really made me feel, like, so often in film, these battle scenes are, like, very elegantly choreographed. So, like, it looks so grand and spectacular. Mm-hmm. And this one felt awkward and, like, violent and real in a way that's like, oh, yeah, this is probably what, like, quote-unquote war actually is like. It's, like... There's not something, it's not very elegant. It's just like a two groups of men crashing into each other and violently like fighting and trying to stab each other. And there, there's not like these elegant choreographed sword fights usually. Like it probably was just like a lot of country folk bumbling into each other in gross, violent ways. <laughs> See, yeah. I, I, now I did love that, just the awkwardness yeah, of it. It but... felt so, it made me feel like, wow, war. War, I mean, not that I ever, like, loved war, but, like, <laughs> but, like making me be like, wow, war is so gross. And, it's, like, uh, it's it's not glamorous no, in the slightest. Right. Um, yeah, but it, but I, I do think, like, the actual filmmaking of that wasn't what sure. I wanted. Okay. Like, true, like, the, it's a bunch of short, quick cu- cuts um, that I just didn't didn't love. We'll see. We'll okay. see. We'll, we'll rewatch and, yeah. and, and see where we're at with that. <laughs> but I do agree with you that it is a fantastic movie, and I'm so excited I'm I'm excited for people to see it eventually. I do, I don't think it's getting the reviews that yeah. I think it deserves, and that enough people are going to go out and see it. But I I'm also extremely excited to see what happens next with uh what's her name Josie Rourke. Yes, totally. Yeah. And one thing that's a little disappointing is that I think the marketing kind of um does the film a little inju- injustice because the marketing is really portraying this movie as like. Like Roby versus Ronan, like right, like right. it's like this showdown between these two queens, and like there's a little bit of that in the movie, but the movie is really just about Mary Queen of Scots, which is why mm-hmm. it's titled that. I remember yeah. seeing the trailer, thinking like, if this is a movie about both of them, why is it called Mary Queen of Scots and not right. like <laughs> queens head to head or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it really is a biopic about her and her struggle being the queen of scotland and elizabeth Mm -hmm. is like a secondary character a major secondary character to that but like we don't see anything about elizabeth's life that isn't related to this struggle you know right right Um, so it it's it is a film about one queen and not this equal film about two queens or a film about their battle with each other so if you get a chance i think it's a i think it's a movie everyone will enjoy i don't know if i don't know about everybody it's I mean, it's if you know, you know anything about the story, it's sad and depressing, but it's great. It's also, it's really beautiful. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And Lucas, can't remember. I used to not watch period pieces. Can you believe that? That is true. That is true. Like, Congratulations. I used well to be anti period piece, and now can't get enough of them. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well done. Thanks. We're here. We've made it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's let's now talk about new things. Uh, let's talk about some trailers that have come out since we last recorded. What's it gonna be? Consider carefully. Are you in? 
Um, so starting off, we've got a couple trailers. We have actually quite a few trailers that, that have come out, um, including Burn Bright. Bright Burn. No, Bright Burn. I always get that wrong. <laughs> Because it makes no sense. Have you seen this trailer? Yes, once. Okay. This, to me, this is supposed to be like a, a Superman knockoff. It's like, what if Superman was bad? And it's like a kid horror movie. Or I, I guess a kid is the, like, evil demon thing. Parents find a baby. Baby has yeah. powers. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. goes bad instead of good. Uh, this, to me, sounds like an interesting pitch. I cannot see this being a good movie at all. <laughs> But I'm very interested to hear what other people say. I don't like horror movies, so obviously I'm not going to watch this movie. But what are your thoughts? Here's the thing. It's so simple. I'm out because I don't do creepy kids. Like, Mm -hmm. if the whole premise of your film is that there's a creepy kid, I'm out. (laughs) I'm going to tell think about it. Yeah. Do you you think it will be good? The trailer seemed definitely interesting. But, like, I'm very honest in that as soon as I realized that this kid was, like, creepy, Mm -hmm. I couldn't pay attention to, like, (laughs) and it's just like no well i'm out yep yep so So we're both out we're both out out on burn burn bright 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 burn Burn. dang it bright burn i thought i switched to that time (laughs) um we're both out on this weird superman movie um but i would definitely encourage you to check out the trailer if it didn't Um, feel like a horror film i think it's an interesting concept correct yeah correct but it's very much a horror film yeah so um next up we've got the godzilla trailer um this is we we had like a quick teaser which was just millie bobby brown in a room before but now we get a full trailer seeing all of the beasts um are you in interested in godzilla movies at all any of those things couldn't be less interested (laughs) in godzilla i want to get hyped for this but I, i i can't i truly can't i'm i'm not a big godzilla fan i watched the last one i watched kong um, eventually there's going to be a King Kong versus Godzilla. I don't know if that's this one or not. I, I don't like big monster movies are not my jam. Me so either. I'm both... interested in everybody involved in this. All the actors seem great. Director, um, all of this I'm interested in. I just am so bored by this. I will say that like the trailers for this have me more interested than any other like monster movie I've ever seen. Um, there's something about the idea that this this movie is not just about Godzilla, but Godzilla and, like, other titans that, like, live on this yeah. earth. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, my mythology boner. But, like, the word titans does get me interested. Um, <laughs> but I can't get over the fact that it's, like, Godzilla, you know? Um, yeah. There, there are parts of these trailers that I think are beautiful and have me really hooked and thinking like, wow, am I going to go see this? And then the trailer as a whole doesn't yeah. get yeah. me there. I feel like most of these movies have a hard time bringing in a good human story for you to follow yeah. for these things. Um, and that's that's what I'm here for. So. This one might do <laughs> with might. the Mil- Millie Bobby Brown, Vera Farmiga right. like, right. angle. Yeah. So that that is the only thing holding me in because it's like if you get if you put a good story in there with that a, there's a human I can follow and don't have to like care about the creatures right because <laughs> if you make me care about the creatures I'm not gonna it's not gonna work I'm not gonna do that sure so um, all right so it looks like we're both out on the Godzilla thing um, next up Avengers the uh, Avengers came out with a title Avengers Endgame and dropped a teaser trailer um, how do you feel about it um I feel decent about it it didn't like hype me up but it also doesn't make me nervous mm-hmm. um it really just kind of like set the somber mood which i think is appropriate for the yep. considering the way avengers ended and i'm glad to see that like it's settling into that yeah. somberness 
I miss Captain America's beard. I'm not jazzed uh, oh yeah, about that. For sure. I uh, I was very – I think that was the most disappointing thing about the trailer is that he no longer had a beard. Right. <laughs> he shaved. Um, I do – like I, I feel like a lot of people like, you know, pour over these trailers for, you know, clues and stuff like that. Um, Marvel trailers, I just assume everything in it is wrong and they're going to replace things in it mm-hmm. because that's what they did with the last one. So it's – I'm – I'm, I like the tone. I'm interested. I was already interested. Nothing new. I'm in on Avengers. It didn't like you could not right. have a trailer at all. Um, and I would obviously still go see the next one. Of so. course. I'm in. We're in on Avengers. Um, okay, next up, uh, we just got a Hellboy trailer. Were you into Hellboy at all? The Guillermo del Toro movies? I've never seen them. Don't really know what they're about. I mean, I, I recognize the face, but like. I don't know anything about Hellboy. <laughs> uh, well, it's based on a comic. He is the son of the devil, whatever, who got adopted by a guy in London, I think. I don't know. Um, point is, he's a he fights monsters. Um, I'm not really interested in this at all. Um, I, I liked the Guillermo del Toro movies, but again, the genre wasn't my thing. But because it was him, I think he put a lot of um, interesting flair on it. Um, so I was interested in them. This one, I'm... I'm 100% out on. Okay, so I'm not familiar with Guillermo del Toro movies, but this trailer, I really loved the tone of it. Um, I think it looks fun and funny. Um, I really like David Harbour and, uh, oh, what's that actress's name? Sasha? Sasha Lane. I think Sasha Lane, maybe. Um, so, like, there's a lot for me to like about this trailer. The only problem is, like, as someone who doesn't know who Hellboy is, this trailer doesn't do a good job introducing this character. Like, <laughs> no, I don't not know at all. If it's an origin story. I don't know if it's not. I don't know. Like, I don't have a lot of context for this movie. Um, but the tone looks fun, and I, I'm kind of in. Good. Yeah. All right. We're split on this one. Um, okay. And then, last but not least, I gotta, I gotta talk to you about Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier, the new Netflix movie. Um, it's it's a like a special forces heist movie slash narcos situation, starring Ben Affleck, Pedro, uh, Pedro Pascal, Charlie Hunnam, Oscar Isaac, and Garrett Hudlum. Have you seen this trailer? Yes. I'm so in on this trailer. I I love 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 this. This looks so good. It also looks like it could end up being absolutely terrible, but I loved this trailer. <laughs> Look, just like I said earlier, where you say. Natalie Portman plays a pop star. You tell me Oscar Isaac is in a heist movie and I'm there. Like, (laughs) I don't need anything else. And it's so true. In addition to Oscar Isaac being in a heist movie, I really like the rest of this cast. And so, yeah, it's a good crew. Yeah. um, I'm in on the cast. I'm in on almost any heist movie. Um, I would say that this trailer. There's nothing about this trailer that specifically gets me excited other than the cast and it being a heist film, but that's all I need, so I'm still in. Yeah, yeah, this is right up my alley. Like, it's, yeah, you don't need to tell me much of the story. Just these guys are doing a heist. They're ex-special forces, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, I'm going to watch this movie. So this comes out on Netflix, I think, in January or February, something like that. Um I'm pumped. This is actually one of the f- one of the net only Netflix movies that I'm like pumped and advanced for. Oh. I feel like um, like Roma. I was excited about that. We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. But um, it wasn't something that I was like anticipating. It was just like, yeah, it's going to be on Netflix. It's going to be a big movie. Um, this one, I'm I'm pretty pumped for. So 
We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I feel like it could also be just trash. But. I also, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I feel, I'm pretty sure that this is the film that got us Ben Affleck on a beach, which is how we got the paparazzi photos of Ben Affleck's full back, back mm. tattoo. Um, mm. So there's a little, I have like a little warm regard for this film because of <laughs> that moment. <laughs> of a schluppy Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm all right. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You'll have that in the back of your mind now when you watch I, it. Now I will. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I try to forget that he has a back tattoo. Ugh. So honestly, most of the time I don't think about that. But now, now I'm, that's all I'm going to think about. Hard to forget. Ooh. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the two movies that work perfectly well together that uh, are the perfect <laughs> pairing, Roma and Into the Spider-Verse. So set the stage. Did you see Roma in theaters or did you see it? On Netflix. It's only a it's it can't be found here in Nashville on theaters. Oh, that that makes sense. So yes. um, I definitely watched it at home, but I tried to make an evening of it. I tried to like make sure all the lights were off and that like you know nothing was going on in the house and you know really yeah. focus. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I. It's interesting because it was coming on Netflix. I didn't watch it in theaters. Like I saw, like I had the time to, and it was available, and I was just like. No, it's going to be on Netflix next week. I'm not going to go to a theater, um, which I'm wondering how many people did that because I every I feel like every single person has said, watch it in theater. It's the best experience, blah, blah, blah. And for me, I was like, I feel comfortable with my home setup. I would much rather watch anything at home than go to a theater. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try it out. So I watched it at home. I, I mean. Here's the thing. I respect the idea of like watching in theater it's made for the theater it's best viewed in a theater i respect that but let me tell you how aggravating it is to hear critics use this language without any regard to the fact that like this film is in i don't know how three cities in the country like yeah. it's in yeah. new york la i apparently it's in it was in it's chicago, in chicago. Um, yeah. i don't know where else it is but it can't be in many more places um and it's just like it's so annoying when critics disregard the majority of the country's viewing experiences and options. Not just mm-hmm. the country, but the world. Like, yeah, it's crazy for people to like not get it through their heads that like I can't go see this in a movie theater. So your like judgment about seeing this movie at home is really, really gross. Um, so yeah, I mean it's. That's just like a personal bone I have to pick with the way film Twitter talks about access to films. I 100% agree because you also have um, – like there's a monetary thing in there as well of just like why why would I spend – especially like if, if I'm taking my family, I'm not going to spend another 60 bucks to go to a theater when I know it's going to be available for me to watch at home yeah. literally in a week. Sure. So like that – I feel like that's a huge thing as well. It's like why I'm if I'm going to go to a theater, I'm going to go to pay for an event, like something, something that I am not going to get that experience at home. Yeah. And I, I like – that's that's not Roma. Like like you're gonna have that. It's gonna be available to you. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard. I I am all for watching Roma at home. I think <laughs> I would say um, if you haven't watched Tom Cruise uh, his video about you know calibrating your TV for Mission Impossible, um, definitely do that because it makes a difference for all movies, not just action movies. <laughs> so. Calibrate your TV. Make sure everything's working correctly. Yeah, I also make read, sure you've got good sound. I read another picture about, or read another article about how 
for Roma, if you're watching at home, you also want to make sure that your picture on your TV isn't set to like warm or cool, that it's set yeah, to normal. Neutral. Be- yeah, yeah, because of this black and white like film, if you're color settings are like off it'll it will affect your viewing experience and so like i made sure to do that before i watched the film mm-hmm. um in general your color setting should always be neutral unless sure. you're watching but a you sports game or something like it. that and even a sports game like yeah just double check your tv settings actually if you go to roma's website um they have an, an actual spec of like these are what all the settings of your tv should be um which are basically just bringing everything back to neutral which is where it should be yeah. so um, definitely check that out if you're interested in but after you do all that, yeah, like like Sandra did, like turn off the lights, put your phone aside, like have it be a night at home alone watching this movie. It doesn't have to be alone. You can watch this with people. But um, watch it with people who are ready to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not like a group we're all going to hang out and talk during this movie. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, all that to say, watch it on Netflix. It's great. <laughs> um, this marketing-wise, this is the first time that I've ever seen the – uh, Netflix like take over the login screen, uh, the account screen. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're really actually pushing this movie like they haven't done in the past. You know what? Someone um, mentioned on a podcast that like of course is happening but I hadn't even considered was that Netflix is most likely not only like targeting like everyone in the country for this film because it's like their big bid toward best picture but like it is probably – if it probably knows – who Academy voters are and is like aggressively pushing it via their algorithms to Academy voters. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. That's, that is interesting. I would be very curious. You, do you have multiple profiles on your yes. um, Apple TV? Yes. Okay. I'm very curious what, um, yeah, on your Apple TV, on your Netflix account. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm very curious to see kind of like what things are targeted for me versus targeted for other people. So maybe that's something that we talk about in the future is what is actually like your recommended on Netflix. Right. Um, Okay. But let's, let's talk about the movie. Um, So this is Alfonso Cuaron's fourth movie, fifth movie, something like that. Um, Yeah. So the last, the last big film that he made was gravity before that it was children of men. And before that it was prisoner of Azkaban. So, he doesn't make a lot of movies and he doesn't make them quickly. So this is something that he's been working towards for a long time. Um, it's the story of a, basically the story of a maid slash nanny, um, in, uh, one of the neighborhoods of Mexico, Mexico city called Roma. Um, and it's really just a year in her life is really what it is. Um, and kind of in, I think in 1970 to 71, um, kind of the turmoil that's going on in that city and the turmoil that's going on, um, in the lives of her and the family that she's, um, the maiden nanny for. So what did you think of this movie? Um, I wanted to love this movie. Mm. I didn't love this movie. I don't mm. think, obviously, I didn't hate this movie. You know, a lot has been talked about the visuals of this movie because it is, I think, a visual masterpiece. Alfonso Cuaron d- directed the photography for this film, which is, like, most directors don't also do that. In addition to directing the film, he actually shot this whole movie and it shows. It's, like, so mm-hmm. beautiful to look at. Every shot could be something that you frame and put on a wall. Like, I feel like I'm just saying the same thing everyone has said about this movie. That, like, it's so beautiful to look at. It's stunning. Um, The opening credits, I mean, are so, like, have you entranced right away. But it saddens me when movies are that beautiful to look at, but that I feel like 
the story doesn't really grab you in because when I'm watching it, I feel like I'm watching a movie I should be loving and investing in. It's like, what? why am I not invested? Why don't I love this? Everything on the f- screen is like picture perfect. But the story for me just didn't do much. Um, there are certain sequences or moments in this film that I think are so arresting and tragic and deep and beautiful and like during those moments I was like okay I get why people are loving this film this sequence or this moment is stunning but I think the movie is very long and I think that those moments are few and far between and there wasn't just a lot for me to grab onto in this film and I don't know how much is like a spoiler and what isn't as far as this character goes but I don't think that this character was given enough to do or portray and mm-hmm. um, and that was just disappointing for me. So I really wish I could have loved this movie more. I think it's like a great film. I think it's a beautiful film to look at. The storytelling, though, I think if this movie had been like cut in half, I would say it's a masterpiece. Um, but it's re- it feels really long and it feels like it doesn't go anywhere for a lot of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think I liked it a little bit more than you did, but I, I definitely agree with kind of most of your your criticism of it. Um, I feel like I feel like the the main actress, um, I forget her name, um, but she I think she does a great job with what she's given, um, but she's not given a lot to do. Um, and I think one of the things that I felt was missing from this movie is a core drive for her. Like, what does she actually want? Um, as we kind of go through the movie, we find out, I mean, later we find out kind of like what she's feeling and kind of how she, um, you know, is responding to some of the things that's going on. But th- throughout it, you're just kind of watching a lot of this stuff happen. Um, I th- One of the things that I did really like about it was kind of how it portrayed her relationship with um, the family mm-hmm. um, and kind of just little subtle things that would happen that um, that show the difference between, like, she's part of the family, but also not completely part of the family. Yeah, um, I agree. Little things like that I think were, were beautifully done and really good. Um, but it is just, like, what is the core drive of this story? What is what is it that's propelling us through this? Because we're not getting that at the beginning. Yeah. Um, this so. movie, like, creates a world that feels so rich and real. And, like, mm-hmm. both visually, like... In the city itself, it, you feel, like, the presence of this world. And then um, in that household, you under, you have, like, such a deep understanding of what it feels like to be in that household. Um, it's like this movie is all presence but no plot. Like, I, yeah. I need – I'm a person that really needs plot. Plot, like, means a lot to me. Um, I think if you're going to have a movie that's, like, meandering, um, then the parts that – then what you're showing to me has to be s- – I have to be so intrigued by them, you know? I have to be yeah. so dazzled or, like, moved by just the visuals if you're mm-hmm. not going to give me a plot to follow. Or you got to give me more character. Yeah. Because, like, like right. if, if you're not going to – if you're, if we're not going to follow through this plot, like, I have to really be 100% invested in this main character. And you have to establish them well and you have to um, – yeah, really give us something to follow. And she's great. I like her character. But it's not – it's it it feels like a side character in this main <laughs> um, yeah. kind of central area here, and I this is so this is based on his life. This is based on um, the uh, the nanny. I what I don't know the word for. It, but I keep saying nanny slash maid. Yeah, because um, she, she, she yeah she's she is both. Um, 
it's based on kind of his his family's relationship with with uh, the maiden in, in his life, um, and. I feel like he's trying to be very objective about it. He's trying to kind of stand back and say like, this is like, I feel like he's, I feel like he's not willing to make it actually personal and, and say, okay, I'm going to do this from her perspective, or I'm going to do this from the family's perspective. He wants to kind of keep it a little broad. Um, and I kind of wish he just dove in. Like if, if this had been a movie from one of the kids perspective, if it had been basically his story um, and how he witnesses the re- you know, the relationship with the maid and kind of what her struggles are and stuff like that. Um, you know, and the relationship, relationship with the family. I, to me, that would have been more interesting. I, I mean, really what I want is just a better representation of the, of the maid. Like I want more to do with her. So I really, what I want is this movie to be from her perspective. <laughs> um, um, but I think for him, for him to make it more personal, it could have just been from one of the kids' perspectives, seeing kind of how this plays out. Yeah. But. I mean, here, I'm going to say something about what my main issue with the film is, and you can tell me whether you think this is a spoiler or not. Okay. Um, the whole time I was watching this film, I was like, I'm not really interested in it. Why am I not invested? You know, when a movie, when people are talking about that this movie is like one of the best films of the year, like you and you're not into it, you're you're like, what's wrong with me? You know, like why am right, I not right. feeling what everyone else is feeling? <laughs> and I realized it about three fourths of the way through is that like, oh, I'm not feeling anything because like this main character has not really gotten the opportunity to speak you know she's not mute she does mm-hmm. speak um but she doesn't talk very much any kind of dialogue that she does have throughout the film is like answering questions or saying hello or yes or you know like she doesn't it's not about her she, like she's not giving you any insight into, you never into her hear what she has to think about something she you don't hear about her opinions or her feelings on anything for almost mm-hmm. the entire film. There is one scene that is incredibly moving where she mm-hmm. finally says how she feels about something. Um, and it was the one scene that worked for me in the whole movie. We're like, it's like, <laughs> finally we get something. And like, I intellectually, I understand that that's kind of on purpose that like you're building and you're building to that moment where mm-hmm. she we don't know who she is. We don't know what drives her. We don't know much about her. We just see the way she's treated and the things that happen to her in this world. Um, and then finally we get like this insight that like, she's not allowed to express probably, or like been um, empowered to express. Um, and so like, I, I intellectually, I understand that growth Um and yet it left me completely cold and uninterested in the majority of the film until we finally get to that growth. And I don't know if that sacrifice is worth it, you know, um, yeah. for that like intellectual yeah. payoff. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I, I think that comes back to kind of what you said about it being shorter. Like if it had been shorter, yes. um, we wouldn't have had to wait so long to get to that emotional payoff film, which yeah. I know is yeah. like, you know, not <laughs> custom, but like, yeah. if this has been a 45 minute film, and we got to that payoff in 45 minutes, I would have said it was a masterpiece. Yeah. But like, I think you could do this whole movie in 90 minutes. Yeah. Like I, I think you could do this, like even stretch it out to that long and it still work like extremely well. It's so long. And there's so many parts of it where it's like, how am I bored watching Roma? Like this is supposed (laughs) to be this, like one of the best films of the decade. Like how I'm bored right now. And that makes me feel dumb, you know, like to be watching this movie and being like, I don't want to be bored. I don't want to be a person that's bored by this. Um, 
but there were so many parts where it's just like this isn't leading anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or mm-hmm. it's just like completely unnecessary pieces of plot line. Like to, to me, just like, oh, I don't need any of this. This doesn't like really help this story in any way. I think he does a lot of like reinforcing um, kind of relationship status, reinforcing re- her relationship status with yeah. the family, reinforcing her relationship status with um, um, the the other maids like there's a lot of that just continuing to show like this is this is where she's at this is where she's at um, and I, I I don't think I was ever bored but I could 100% see why you are bored in this movie um, because just because of yeah you're getting repeating information you're not you're not getting new information yeah. here um, there's not there's not anything to draw you into this scene it's just why are we here kind of a thing mm-hmm. um, and especially when nothing before it has has kind of had much plot point to it you kind of start to get that that motor you're like well let me look at my phone real quick that kind of a feeling like um yeah i I feel like we've been pretty down on it but i I do want to say like i did really like this movie i just feel like there are so many ways to improve on it um and there are little things that i think you could have tweaked to really make this a really great movie Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. There, are, I, I think there are a few like really moving scenes, and I think it does talk about something which isn't talked about that much, but is the relationship between um, kind of um, you know a, a maid nanny and you know the that the household that she's in. I, I think that's a very interesting story. I think it could have been explored a little better. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to talk about spoilers? Yes. All right, let's get in. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No, crack and gas. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. So the pregnancy. Let's just let's let's just get that yeah. <laughs> all out. I didn't know this was a pregnancy movie. Um, I once it kind of started, and I was like, okay, so we're going to follow her through her pregnancy until she has a kid, and kind of that that is going to be our plot point. Um, and it's kind of, it's not a plot point. <laughs> like, it's, it's truly not. It's just part of her, her life. And like the, 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 the scene that moved me, I think the most was that one shot of her having the baby and the baby dying yeah. and just the, um, almost just like the, the passiveness of the, the hospital staff and just, right. um, yeah, that sequence was incredibly done and like heartbreaking and, and yeah. it's like, you finally get to see her feel something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that, so that, that I absolutely loved. And then I, obviously the, the, the one, the one tracking shot into the ocean and back where she saves the kids yeah. and then breaks down and says that she didn't want, she didn't want her. Right. Um, and she didn't like, want the baby. That of course is the moment I was referring to. Is, yes. As like, yes. That, that is the big we, emotional. We finally, she literally, I really do think it might be the first time she says anything about like, her opinions or feelings. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And I was, I remember once it happened being like, finally, you know, like yeah. there's been all this build up to that, but like the build up was not satisfying. It's mm-hmm. just like, we, and I, I think you can do it, it in a way that to where she doesn't say, cause I think that's part of it is just that she doesn't feel like she can say her feelings right. or her thoughts or what she wants. And I think you can still show that, but in a way that we know that she has them yeah. and that we know that it kind of hurts her to not you know, express these things like that, that is, I feel like that's a better way of doing it than making her feel completely monotone and passive about all of this. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain again. I just saw this last night, so it's still, 
pretty fresh and I haven't had a lot of time to sit with it. But um, the only other thing that I can think of throughout the film where you really get a sense of like emotion from her is um, the scene where she tells the wife yes. that she's pregnant. And like, yeah. and like you get, you, you sense that panic and that like mm-hmm. fear. Um, yep. And I, and I don't want to blame this on um, the lead actress. I don't think that this is like an acting problem by any means. I think it very much is a script issue. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that just like, I just don't think she was given those moments. Also, I, I heard that the cast like wasn't given the full script. Um, yeah. Which I think is obnoxious. Um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, for a movie like this, I don't understand the, the reasoning for that. <laughs> it's just like, not that, Coron is not the only director that falls into this category, but I find it really obnoxious when directors feel like they can't treat their cast like Full participating adults and like yeah, the yeah. making process, you know, yeah, like like they can't trust them with like information, and it's like, get over yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's just like a small little thing. What mm-hmm. was fr- another frustrating thing for about for me about this movie is that like I kept being so much more invested in the story of the wife and mother. Yes. And yes. It's like <laughs> this movie should be about her. Like she's the in this story, like she's the one with a storyline. And like mm-hmm. this movie, she's the one experiencing things and like having ups and downs and like the it's crazy that she's not the protagonist of this, this film. And that's frustrating for me to like think and acknowledge because I don't want to be the person that in a movie about like a rich woman and a like poor maid that like, I'd prefer to see the story of the rich woman, you know, like I don't want to be that person. Right. Um, Yeah. It's like, let's make it about the white Mexican as opposed to the indigenous woman. Like like, I acknowledge how like messed up that is. That makes me upset that like, I want to see that movie versus this one. Um, I agree. And I think it comes from the fact that like, this is based off his experience and this is based off like his mother. And so like, obviously he has way more information about that. Like he has more information about the actual family that he's kind of trying to talk about than about the maid because he doesn't know her. Like he just doesn't. And so that's kind of why I kept wanting this to be from the kid's perspective, um, which also sounds a little, but like if, if it's about like how those two women relate, but not knowing much about what's going on. I feel like that is a better way to do it um, where we can still be invested and yet not have all of the information always, because we don't know as an audience that he's leaving when he leaves um, like for good or whatever at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It might just be me. Did you, did you know that he was like leaving the family at that point? No, I didn't, but I did sense that like, he wasn't just there, going on a work trip. I knew there was tension and stuff right. like that. And because yeah. of like the military stuff that was going on as, as well at the beginning of the movie, I was like, okay, maybe he's going somewhere for that. Maybe he's going to like find them a place to, to leave the country kind of a situation. Like I just truly didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um, and it obviously isn't until later in the movie that you really find out. Um, but to me, that feels like a like a we. I feel I would be more interested in the beginning part of the movie if we knew kind of what was going on there. Um, and I do feel like it is something that the maid would have known. It's not like we're trying to see this from the maid's perspective and she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, she would know if there's tension in the relationship, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I don't know why that was kind of 
held from us for a little bit because um, it definitely would have made me more invested in the early parts of this movie. But I, I again, that is a very interesting, I feel like, plot point is just how the kids are kind of dealt with this um, as the mother like hides things from them and kind of their relationship. I don't know. Yeah, it's just very interesting to me. Yeah. There's so much world building that like I do appreciate and the way certain like plot points are revealed, I think are like really deftly handled. I just wish I liked this movie more. You know what I mean? It's one Uh of those times where I'm, I'm very sad that like this movie didn't connect with me in the way that I wish it had. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There, and, and, I'm 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 very curious how I will feel about this movie a week from now because like I said mm-hmm. I'm watching it like super fresh and yeah. I'm wondering if a week from today there are scenes that like I'm st- I can't get out of my head you know that like yeah. really grabbed onto me and like I-, I can imagine what those scenes are I just don't know I can't predict what lasting impact they'll have on me mm-hmm. you know um, yeah. For, for me, a lot of it was like the big thing that I took away from this that made me just really like this movie was, and it might be just the pairing with Mary Queen of Scots, but just the lack of power that women have yeah. and just how out of control everything can get and you not feel like you can do anything about anything right. um, is very prevalent in this movie. And that is, I think, the main theme running through this is this like well, zero agency and zero power. And, <laughs> like, is, And how much pregnancy impacts that. Oh yeah, power. yeah. Like, like how how much family and children like um, make you even less powerful and less. Um, I don't know. You 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 just like it's just it it sucks. Like all of the like yeah. the whole time I was just like, oh, this is so hard. And um, and so like that I I loved I loved getting to hear that story. Um, it just there's I feel like there's just so much so many ways it could have been better. But one, I still really liked it. I liked thing, it a lot. I feel like I'm I'm hating on this movie too no, much. No, one thing but. that I do like think that this i'm very grateful for this movie is how it portrays pregnancy as something that is very scary and not like this Mm -hmm. like beautiful miracle that like every woman wants you know um right i really appreciate that because like i'm such a huge proponent of birth control birth control is like i think one of the most important things in the world and uh not that i'm making any judgments of course about like this character and like birth control um but what i mean by that is that this movie like is realistic about the fact that like when you find out you're pregnant like what a scary time that is and how not ideal it is for so many people um and then also that it like without judgment acknowledges the relief of I'm not saying that it wasn't tragic that she lost her child or that she didn't feel like sorrow mm-hmm. about it. Um, and I'm not saying that it's a common thing for women to like lose their children and to be like glad. And I'm not saying even saying that she was glad, but for her to admit that she didn't want that child, I think is very powerful because I don't think that yeah. that's a bad thing for women to admit. I don't think it's wrong for women to admit that like, they don't want children or they, they don't want children right now or in this way, or like that. I think it is often very taboo for women to admit that. I think society expects like, if you get pregnant, like it's a good thing. Like all pregnancies are good and like you should, you should want it. And no matter what, where you are in your life, 
like new babies are great. And I don't <laughs> believe that that is true. And I really, really respect that this movie like didn't take on that, that very cliched perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's one thing that I really think that this movie has going for it. And yeah. And that, and that was really moving for me. And I think it deals really well with her depression and guilt afterwards. Yeah. Um, like after she does lose the baby, like that, just that whole mindset of, of the, the mixture of sadness, but also relief, probably like relief and the guilt of that relief. And like, right. I thought all of that was just handled so well. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, I, it's, it is a beautiful movie on every count. I can't like, there's not a technical fault that I can find, right. um, except for me in the storytelling. And there's just some things that you could just, uh, I wish you could make it better. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, it reminded me a little bit of my dissatisfaction with Logan. Do you remember how? Oh yeah, I was so yeah. angry with Logan because like this female character was like silent, um, and what like a disservice I think it does to make your female character silent. Um, her silence just really bothered me. Um, yeah. I, I, like I said, intellectually, I understand the point of it. Um, but it still is frustrating for me to like, for, I, I don't, I don't love the idea of this like noble silence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like yeah. the idea that like we're regarding her lack of like, saying anything about how she feels as like some noble path that she is destined to follow because of her profession. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't even know if the movie is technically making that point, but like it's something that like I sense and I, and I don't like it. I, I want her to have as many thoughts and opinions and emotions and exclamations as any other character. And I do think that these women like, Maybe not in front of, like, their employers, but I do think they find moments where they do get to have those moments of release, and I we didn't get to see yep. much of that. Yep. She has scenes with the other maid, and I think those would have been better if she'd been real yeah. in those. Like, if she'd actually, like, expressed things right. in those moments, which would have been really interesting to see. Yeah, because it is set up that, like, this is a friend and not just, like, a coworker. Mm-hmm. Right. It's right. a it's a beautiful film and like I don't begrudge anyone else loving it. You know what I mean? It's just I wish I loved it more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I encourage everybody to watch it for sure. I'm really interested to see what everybody thinks about it once uh once everybody's gotten a chance. Yeah. So watch it. It's on Netflix. Everybody can do it. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Um let's talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I hate that title. That is just a long, complicated Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That is the movie. Yeah. I wish it would have just been called Spider-Verse. Yeah. Even just Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. We, we get that it's a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. We understand. Like, we don't have to. All right. Let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> this morning I woke up in the fortress of distortion. I'm at war with my... All right. So this is a Sony animated movie. Um... That was announced in at the same time that they announced the Marvel um, Sony team up to produce Spider-Man into the MCU with Tom Holland. Um, they also announced that Sony on its own was going to do its own animated Spider-Man movie um, written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Um, and 
that kind of got swept under the rug. I didn't hear a lot about that movie at all until the trailer came out. Um, and in the end, it turns out Phil Lord um, wrote the screenplay, and they both produced the film, and this is directed by some animation directors. Um, and this is unlike, I think, any animated movie before it, just from an animation style. Um, it is a beautiful movie. Um, it is a unique movie. And I had so much fun with this movie. Sandra, what did you think about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? So I had a little bit of a rocky road getting to an opinion on this movie. Okay. In that, and, and I'm using this as kind of like a time to give a PSA, like a little warning about this film. Mm. First of all, can I ask, did you see it in 2D or 3D? Okay, so I saw it in 2D. I do not think this movie would work in 3D, um, mainly because of, like I said, the animation style. So this is animated... Um, what's called on the twos as opposed to on the ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so you animate every other frame. Um, and so normally an animated movie is um, following regular uh, film trends. So you have 24 frames per second, whereas this is only um, 12. So it's actually cutting it in half. So it feels a little more jerky. Um, it's a little more, um, I think, comic booky. Mm -hmm. um, but then in this movie specifically, they're all, in addition to that, they're also doing... Um, different layered styles. So when they want you to focus on something, you don't have an actual blur. You get um, kind of a layered depth um, to make it feel like blur, but also make it feel like like art, like actual um, comic books, which makes it look a little 3D in certain areas of this movie. Um, so sometimes when you're sitting there in a 2D movie, something happens and you go, oh, is this actually 3D? Should I have glasses on? Um, and so that I feel like is a little, it takes a little bit of getting used to. And I'm assuming that's where what you're talking. That about. is what I'm talking about. So <laughs> yeah, um, I saw this movie, and I was so distracted by the animation <laughs> that I truly couldn't pay attention to the movie. I kept thinking, like, did are they showing us the 3D print when they're supposed to be showing us a 2D print? Um, I the main fo like image would be in focus and then the background would look like it was in 3d and and so i was like okay i think that this is just an animation style I'm a choice but then it was like so constant and distracting i re i'm very serious i had to leave the theater i i stepped out of the theater once to google it in the middle of the movie because it was so <sighs> distracting i couldn't get anything on google so then i had to step out of the theater again and i went and found 3d glasses because I needed to, like, check and see if yeah. it was a 3D print or not. And doing that didn't help much, but it kind of helped a little bit. And I watched the rest of the 2D movie with 3D glasses on. Were you the only person yes. in the theater with 3D glasses? Yes. <laughs> Lucas, I'm telling you, I was I couldn't pay attention to the movie. It was oh, man. so <laughs> distracting. I just picture everyone around you being like, Oh, maybe should I go get 3D glasses? <laughs> what is going on here? I <laughs> and I really wanted uh, to start going up to strangers afterward and being like, yeah. was it just me? Or did that movie look like it was in 3D? Like, did, is this something that I'm just experiencing? Or did we oh, all man. feel off? You know, because again, <laughs> the whole time I couldn't, I couldn't tell. Yeah. Is this an animation choice? Or is this, or did they show us the wrong print, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No one's seen this movie yet. Like, <laughs> it was an early release screening. Right, It was right. just, it was maddening. And so then, after I saw the movie, I, like, knew the basic plot, but, like, I didn't have an opinion on the film. Like, everyone was raving about it, and it was like, I want to feel that way about this movie, but, like, 
I didn't pay attention enough to like how the movie made me felt because I was so distracted by the animation. So I went and saw it again. Okay. And I went and saw it in 3D because I figured mm. <laughs> if I see, might as well. <laughs> I've seen it in 2D technically, and if I yep. see it in 3D, um, like I'll be able to tell if if it looks exactly the same without the glasses then I'll know that, like, I was shown a wrong print. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's true. But if yeah. it looks different, then I'll know, like, no, I was shown the right print. It just was the style. The answer was, I was shown the right print. It's just the style. And, um, <laughs> however, when I got to watch it in 3D, um, I do think it was a much better experience. Um, really? Yeah. I think that, like, there's a crispness to the 3D that, makes that so for me what made me think the movie was in 3d when i was watching a 2d version was the stuff happening in the background has that like offset nature that like you see in a movie when you're when you look at a 3d movie without glasses on and everything like looks a little offset you know um the background has that effect to it and the foreground doesn't and when I watched the movie in 3D with glasses, you can still get that nature on the background, but it's not as distracting because it feels on purpose because you're watching like this 3D movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I preferred the 3D experience and I would recommend the 3D experience to people. I'm interested um, in seeing it in 3D because of that, um, because of just, yeah, this unique animation style. I'm curious how it transforms to 3D because usually 3D is just blur. All it is is just adding blur, you know, removing blur at certain places and stuff like that to draw your focus. Um, and so with since they're not doing that in the 2D version, um, I am curious to see the 3D. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I think I would – it's one of the times where I would say you should go see this movie in 3D versus like the 3D was fun. Interesting. You know? Interesting. I personally think it made the experience so much better. I saw Wreck-It, the new Wreck-It Ralph in 3D recently, and mm-hmm. it's just like, because I have the AMC um, right. membership where the 3D isn't an extra cost to me, I'm having, I'm really enjoying seeing these animated films in 3D. Um, I don't yeah. think I would, I still don't love live action movies in 3D. Um, that doesn't, in fact, I, I prefer to see them not that way. Um but the animated ones, I think there's the multicolor and the crispness really adds to the experience. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that's I'll have to my check rant it out. about like 2D <laughs> versus 3D that I really yes. needed to tell someone because yeah. it really drove me crazy. Um, I think it is something good to be aware of yeah. going in because I, I, at the, I was kind of with you a little bit at the beginning of just unsure as to is this – on purpose? Like, is this what's happening? Um, it, it didn't bother me at all as the film went on, but just at first, when it first starts to happen, I was just kind of curious as like, is this, I mean, are we doing this for real it, or? I was paying attention to it every moment of the film. The first oh, time I saw it. That's not good. It was yeah. not great. Um, yeah. which is why I was just, dis- one of the reasons it was disappointing is that let's get into like what the actual movie, how we feel about yes. the actual film <laughs> is that this movie is so great and fun. And yeah. so I hate that I had that like distracted experience the first time I saw it, but seeing it for the second time, um, man, what an amazing time at the f- movies that this, this is. Um, I loved the sense of humor that this film has. I think the animation, uh, re- 
you know, setting aside my issues is is stunning. (laughs) I love the way that this animation, like Mm -hmm. the colors that are used, the creativity, the the landscapes. I think it's all so gorgeous. Um, And I love that it mixes like lots of animation styles in one. And um, and then this movie, I think, just has like such a good heart. And to me, that's like really what matters most in a film and yep. the heart in this movie is so pure and but not cliched for me and just really really exciting um i have more praise to put on this movie but i want to hear what you thought about it yeah um so real quick this is the story of miles morales um <laughs> who is a uh, <laughs> half black half hispanic um high schooler who kind of takes takes up the mantle of Spider-Man in this, in this universe. Um, and it does a great job of kind of, it does a great job of kind of establishing him and doing a lot of kind of groundwork to set you up to really like him. And I think that's something that most superhero movies have a hard time with is getting you to really like the character immediately. Um, I think that's one of the reasons everybody loves Captain America is because they did a really great job of that in the very first movie is you like the character before he's even got powers, Mm. before anything happens, you just really like this character. And they do an excellent job with that here. Um, And also establishing his family relationships, his family dynamic and kind of how that changes over the movie and um, this isn't a with great power comes great responsibility movie. This is a uh, a great expectations movie of um, who do, who do, pe- do people have expectations of me that I don't have of myself and vice versa. Do I have expectations of myself that other people don't have of me? Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting um, look at Spider-Man. Apparently that's, very, that's something that's from the Miles Morales comics. I didn't really – read a lot of those. Um, I mean, they, they, they weren't around when I, when I was growing up. Um, that's, it's more of a recent thing. Um, and so I, yeah, I haven't read a lot of Miles Morales comics, but this to me feels, um, just like a better version of a more modern version of where we are with, uh, with superheroes and with Spider-Man. Um, it doesn't do a lot of handholding to, uh, to kind of get you, get you started here. Even if you haven't seen, this isn't like you have to have seen every Spider-Man movie to see this. You can go and not seeing any Spider-Man. But Spider-Man is so culturally relevant right now. People know the origin story. It's kind of like where Batman's at as well. It's like people just know. You don't have to have seen it. You just know who Batman is, kind of his deal. Um, And so they do a really good job of just kind of like breezing past that of we get it. We get it. It's like we know Spider-Man and also we love Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man is a beloved figure. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like this movie really takes advantage of that like affection that we have for this character and mm-hmm. and spreads it out amongst lots of characters. <laughs> yeah. So we get we get to meet other spider people um, due to a, a rift in the space time continuum or whatever. All the mumble jumbo. That's the other thing is they don't spend a lot of time with the technical technical gobbledygook stuff. Yeah. Um, again, you don't care. You just understand that like stuff happened. This happened. And now this is going on. Um and it does a really good job, <laughs> but it it introduces you to more people and more aspects of Spider Man, um, and you it it really does an excellent job of tying character to theme, um, and even with the villains, like the amount of villains that are in in this, I think it does a really good job of establishing who they are, what they do, um, and overall, this movie is hilarious. There are very 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 funny moments in this movie, um, and there are very serious moments in this movie and moving moments, and I feel like. A lot of times you get comedies that aren't willing to 
um, to go that kind of hard road and and do some of the the tougher things. Um, and a lot of dramas, you lose out on a lot of the comedy. And so I do I do think it did a great job of being a true comedy movie um, with a lot of heart, like you said. Yeah. So this movie is excellent. Yeah. It's an excellent movie. <laughs> Something that was almost my pick for feeling it for this week was um, also the soundtrack to this film. Man, oh, yes. is the music yes. in this movie so good? It is. It's good. This it's good on so this many This is better than Black Panther's soundtrack. They, which, I'm so glad that you said that because I was yes. thinking it, and it's this movie like ha- makes you feel like okay, this is modern. This is music that is like made for today, but it also feels made for this movie. Like I've been listening to the soundtrack by itself and it's like these sto- these songs are about Spider-Man and mm-hmm. they're about a lot of other things too, but they're definitely about Spider-Man. They feel so relevant to the film and it feels modern, but also like cinematic and it like really like brings you into this world and this character um, and it adds so much personality to the film. And man, I just couldn't get over how great of a soundtrack this is. It's it's really good. It's a real jam. And it's like you I have been listening to this at work just on yeah, kind of on, on repeat. And um, it's so great. And some of this music is diegetic in the movie. Um, and so like you get Miles Morales kind of singing along with Which some of I'm it and him listening. For. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So great. Like, immediately, you're just like, I love this Which, guy. This guy's amazing. <laughs> I think also is really builds this world, you know? And mm-hmm. that, like, yeah. the music, when you're hearing the music, it doesn't just feel like a soundtrack. It feels like it's enveloped into the world that we're watching um, yep. with moments like that. Also, um, I'm not someone who listens to a lot of hip-hop. I'm like... I, I don't venture out to like a ton of different music styles. I listen to my pop music and I just like <laughs> happy with it. And I am by no means anti hip hop. It's just not something that like I'm well versed in. Um, mm-hmm. And listening to this album, I'm like, damn, I'm missing out in the world because like <laughs> I'm not up to date on like hip hop artists. And this whole album is like so killer. And I know that it has like, a lot of like the best artists working in the business right now on it. And so um, it's really invigorated like my sense of enthusiasm for that genre as well. Yeah. I think it does a really good job of like pulling people in who aren't, you know, into hip hop. Yeah. Like this is a great thing to like start you off. Like this is an excellent kicker. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's, I, I like there's, Again, so much of this movie, I think, takes place past the spoiler gong. But um, is there anything else you want to say about this movie before we kind of talk about that stuff? Um, I just want to say, like, there's pretty much every aspect of this film I love, like music, animation, story. But the thing that really, I think, stands out for me and that does take this movie over the top for me is how good of a cast it has. Um, Oh, yes. And so... Uh, my MVP is Jake Johnson. Like Jake Johnson, sure. I think makes, sure. brings most of the humor to this film. Um, or, or at least my favorite comedic moments are Jake Johnson moments. Humor and heart is like what he's so talented at. We've seen that in like new girl and plenty of other movies he's been in. This role was just like so perfect for him. So like, I can't say enough good things about Jake Johnson and what he does for this film. But in addition to Jake Johnson, like this cast is stacked. 
I could talk about literally every single performance and why it's perfect and why it's great for this film. I'm just going to also bring up my other favorite cameo, not cameo, um, like performance, is Catherine Hahn. Yes. Catherine Hahn plays a character in this film, and she is so delicious in it. I need her to do more, more vo- voiceover because she really, really kills it. Um, every moment with her voice acting, I was like, man, I love Catherine Hahn. I don't know. I don't have a lot more to say about that other than I just wanted to give a shout out to how much I loved her in this movie. No, 100%. I would encourage you to not look at the IMDb cast list before going into this movie. Yes. Um, I, just watch it and don't be like looking out for voices. Just watch it and let it hit you. And then afterwards, take a look. I think that's the um, best way to watch this film as well. Yeah, because it's so great going back and seeing, oh, they did that. Because people are doing great performances. Yeah. Um, and they're not, and they're trying. The, I think a lot of the goal is just to not distract you by being like, "Hey, that's that person." Right. Um, and so it's very fun to go back in afterwards and just like see kind of what's and, what's been going yeah. on because they're doing great work there's here. A lot of surprises, like, mm-hmm. and yeah, and there's so. I think that's like you said, the best way to do it is to not go in like knowing who is who, because you really this movie does a really good job at like getting you invested so deeply that you're. Catherine Hahn, obviously I knew Jake Johnson was the voice of Peter Parker, so I was aware of that going in. He's just Nick from New Girl in a spider outfit is really what he is. (laughs) I knew that John Mulaney was a voice in this film, um, Mm -hmm. and I knew that Nick Cage was a voice in this film. The rest of the voice acting, there's a lot of, like, amazing people, and Catherine Hahn was one of the few ones where I was able to, like, identify it while I was watching the movie, like... I knew that that was Katherine Hahn's voice. Um, yeah. But the rest, there's, like, these amazing actors that, like, I didn't pick up on. And then when I saw it a second time, was like, wow, this works so well with that casting choice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was – it was a the casting is amazing. Um, yeah, let's get into spoilers because I just have too much to say. Real quick, I will say, yes. if you have kids, this is a movie that kids are going to absolutely fall in love with. Yes. Um, Everything about this movie is going to be intense, and they're going to just – its ugh, they're going to die for it. Um, I think there are a couple scary sequences. So depending on the age of your kids, like I would just warn you for that. I feel like – but it is rated PG. Like it's not – this yeah. movie is um, is accessible, and it's very funny, and it's engaging. So I, I – I feel like I'm kind of conservative about like what is kid-appropriate or not, and yeah. this movie is definitely kid-appropriate. Like – for sure. You, you don't For have sure. anything to worry about. Yes, there are sequences that are a little bit scary, but definitely not anything that like a kid couldn't handle. Depending on the age of the kid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe not like there a was, two-year-old, but like. Well, there there were some like three-year-olds in my screening that I was sure. like, and like at a certain point, I was like, come on, like they're they're definitely scary. Yeah. But nothing like Wreck-It Ralph. So. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, let's get into spoilers okay. for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No, cracking gas. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. So, talking about casting choices, I think the most... Yes. Um, like, welcome surprise was Chris Pine. Yes. Oh, man. So I didn't know this until afterwards. Like, yeah, me I, I, I didn't realize. I knew it wasn't Jake Johnson. Well, um, and see, that was the other thing is that, like, I kept trying to think of, like, I kept trying to 
make it be Jake Johnson, but I was like, it doesn't sound right. right. Like, is he doing a voice? Yeah, like, is he trying to be like a... <laughs> yeah, and then later realizing, oh, that wasn't Jake Johnson. Also, yes, I wasn't yes. paying super close attention because it was the beginning, the first time I saw it, where I was like yeah. really distracted, yeah. like the most distracted. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the second time I saw it, I did know it was Chris Pine. Yeah, when he's start, kind of starting out, because um, he doesn't do a lot of talking at the beginning, and you're just, I, I was kind of like, this isn't Jake Johnson. Like, what's going on yeah. here? Um, and I, I, I love that they got Chris, Chris Pine to do that because it is perfect. Because this, this Spider Man is supposed to be like the perfect Spider Man, right. and like everything went right, and like Chris Pine is just the perfect guy to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then for um, for Jake Johnson's character to be kind of jealous of him a little sure. bit um, is is absolutely perfect um yeah that 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 casting is amazing and i'm so so happy they got him to do this i just realized another (laughs) casting choice that like really really worked was lily tomlin yes oh my lily tomlin as aunt may is perfect when she her character is basically being like uh like alfred from batman yeah kind of in this in this movie, which I think is a great use of Aunt May, right. um, um, it's it's awesome. And when um, when the the rogues come in and basically tear apart her house, her, the entire time she's just saying like, "Take it outside, yeah. take it outside," yeah. and they keep destroying her house. And then when uh, Doc Ock shows up, she said, "What does she say? What is her her name?" It's it's not like Edna or whatever, but she goes, "Oh, great, Edna's here." Uh, Olivia. <laughs> like, it's Olivia, it's Doc Ock. Olivia, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just they have this relation. Like she knows her. Yeah. Like it's this whole thing where like there's so much world building and backstory yeah. that's there that you don't need to know, um, but just feels like it's so good. It's so uh. good. <laughs> um, did you? Okay, so going in, did you know that uh, Mahershala Ali's character, the uncle, Uncle Aaron? Um, was the Prowler. No, I didn't. Um, okay. I remembered from, like, Wikipedia and stuff, or, like, just, like, from general, like, Googling, that Miles Morales' uncle was a criminal. Um, so I did know yeah. that, and I felt like that was already, like, implied at the beginning of the film, yeah. you know? Right. Um, via, like, from, like, the dad's reaction to, like, mm-hmm. uh, his brother. And um, so, like... So I wasn't ex- so when I found when so when we have that reveal, um, it really got me. It really was like whoa and and heartbreaking and um and watching it a second time, knowing that ahead of time was mm-hmm. really intense because like those prowler scenes are scary and like yeah oh yeah and the music cue for the Prowler, I think, is so ingenious because it is a terrifying sound effect slash music cue that I think is used really, really well in the film. And so then watching it a second time, knowing that it's the uncle and then also seeing how scary it was again um, was like it was really impressive. Yeah, I'm really surprised by how kind of well they did that sequence because it is terrible. Like the first time he runs into the Prowler or the Prowler's chasing him yeah. or whatever, like – that's one of the scariest things I think that I've seen this year yeah. of just like the, the terror that, that, that you feel. And like you said, like the music cue is perfect for it. Um, and so then the whole time, like you're more afraid, I feel like of the prowler than you are of, um, the king of king. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's a, I, I feel like it's a great reveal when you actually find out that it is his uncle. Okay. Let's talk about, um, like the other spider people. And like yes. all those realizations, um, the Gwen Stacy character I think was so cool. Um, her like 
dance slash flying style was like just so cool to watch. And there's been some chatter about like if there's going to be sequels to this film. And I'm hoping that a Gwen Stacy movie is like in the works because everything, there has everything to be. about that character is like rad. And like, the, again, I just can't get over like the fluid way that she like moves through spaces in a way that like most of the Spider-Men move in a very fluid way. And then she has this like additional layer of fluidity mm-hmm. because of her dancing ability. It yeah. Was so yep. beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. She is her own spider person. Yeah. And you can tell that just based on movement alone, which is, is so great. Cool. Like, I'm a, it's the best. Yes. It's the best spider, like a spider hoodie. The, man, yeah. that hoods, is, that is I'm it right so there. Hoods, <laughs> and that hood rocks. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. As soon as she showed up, I was like, this is it. This is the spider outfit I yeah. want for sure. Like if I was going to wear a spider outfit, it would definitely have a hood. Yes. <laughs> um, that was thrilling to watch. And, it's, it was thrilling to see a movie where you literally get to see a vast array of representation, you know, like all mm-hmm. in the same movie of one. And I thought it did a really good job of because when I first I forget where I first heard about it, that they were doing, you know, a bunch of different Spider-Men on paper. This sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Like you have a million character introductions. You have to like establish roles and stuff like that and differentiators. And I was just like, this is going to be awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they did such a good job just getting people into the story. Yes. Um, she shows up and you get the, um, cause I, it starts off with, uh, uh, Chris Pine's introduction as Peter Parker. Um, his little, uh, you know, comic book fl- flops down and you do the whole, you know, you know, he did Christmas album. He was an okay popsicle, like that that kind of right. thing. Um, and then when it uh, when when Gwen Stacy's does it, um, Gwen Stacy, right? Yeah, Gwen. Gwen? Yeah. Um, when when hers does it, um, I was like, okay, well, this is. Well, no, wait. You get Chris Pines, then you get Jake Johnson's, then you get Gwen Stacy's. And at hers, I was like, okay, they're gonna do this for everyone, and it's gonna be long like it's gonna just take a while um because you're interested in hers you really are but like thinking ahead as like oh man every one of these people is gonna have to do this and then when the rest of the crew kind of shows up and they do it all as one i was like this is perfect it's a great way to introduce it you don't need a lot more information what they gave you and they make it a joke too so (laughs) of like this is a long story and then well not that long so (laughs) right and the addition of nick cage and john and um John Mulaney, John Mulaney, like just as pure comedy, like mm-hmm. it was so fun, man. That Nick Cage character, I was <laughs> very much into. Yeah, people have talked about each of these getting their own spinoff, and I don't want that because you don't need that. Like they don't need a spinoff. No. Like they're perfect in this iteration. I want of a it. Nick Cage spinoff that's like a short. Like yes, like a yeah, yeah. a short would be fun, yeah. but like him in his own movie no, is not going to be anything like this like movie. That, but a no. short, definitely. Uh, I mean, yeah. there's so many jokes in this that like um, are so All right, best joke. This is okay, best joke. I don't. I haven't thought about that. So let me just tell you the one that's <laughs> on my head because I'm not saying that okay. this is the best joke. But the one that's on my head right now is when they're all talking about like how like they all have someone that died, and when <laughs> I think so, like Peter goes like you know like when my uncle Ben died, and then when. Spider Noir or whatever goes, yes. Yeah. My Uncle Benjamin died. <laughs> yes. I don't 
know why that made me laugh so hard. Just like the the slight alt like alterations it's, on like the names and everything, you know? Yeah. Well, it's little it's little like funny lines yeah. like that that you can miss. Like when everyone's like, and I got bit by a spider, and I, I was a whatever I got, and then spider pig or spider ham or whatever is I was a spider who got bit by a pig. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, um, I, I, now I'm trying to think of best joke. Um, okay, my my best yes. joke is when he's pl- when they're planning the break in heist, uh-huh. and he goes break into the head scientist's computer, and he, and Miles Morales goes, "Hey, that lady on the bike, yeah. I saw her in a talk. She's the head scientist." And he goes, "Great, Re- what is it? Reconsider my personal biases." Yes. <laughs> and just keeps going. On. Um, I'm thinking of two other things coming to mind. One is like during that breakout. This is just like a visual cue. Um, yes, they steal a so many good visual gags. A, so a, many good a, visual a gags. Countless amount of visual gags. Yes, but they steal a bagel and yes, Peter Parker yes, the bagel at someone, and when the bagel <laughs> hits the scientist, there's just like the word bagel with an exclamation point yes. popped up, and that yes. tiny brief <laughs> as an moment, action line just like it's made me so laugh. good. Um, I'm also thinking of a moment, this isn't necessarily a joke, but it is just a testament to Jake Johnson's, like, charisma, um, Mm -hmm. is when they're escaping the lab and Miles is learning how to, like, swing properly for the first time, and Jake is, like, kind of coaching him through it. There's, like, this moment where he, like, is monologuing. He's like, yes, yes, you're a natural. You're a natural. You, me, yeah. the experienced Spider-Man. You, the less experienced Spider-Man. And <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that piece of dialogue justice because it's written better than that. But there's something, oh. the quick nature and how he's just, like, kind of ranting is so, so fun and charming. It is the quippy Spider-Man yes. that we haven't gotten from the previous yes. one. Like, I, I love Andrew Garfield. None of those Spider-Man is his fault. Yeah. Um, but, like, he's not a fun, quippy Spider-Man like you right. want. Same thing with... Um, Tobey Maguire. Uh, yeah, Tobey Maguire. Um, what we want is a fun, quippy Spider-Man. Yeah. And we got so many of them here. Right. <laughs> and and the moment when Miles Morales, when everyone's gone and it's just Miles Morales left and he gets up and he is Spider-Man and he starts quipping against Kingpin, you're like, yes. Yeah. Like you feel so much that he's picked up from these people and he feels confident and he can do this. And it is a beautiful moment and a beautiful way to tell us that like he's got yeah. this, he can do this. Oh, oh, Brian Tyree Henry as like the dad, like mm-hmm. that whole dad relationship is like the perfect le- level of angsty because it's not like mm-hmm. I am a dad, you know, like <laughs> right, it, right. It's like <laughs> they're all very close, and there's just like this like tension at the moment, but it's like there's still like this grand foundation of love running through the film mm-hmm. that was like really, yeah. really warm and wonderful. Um, and it's, and it's about something that is not, that has nothing to do with Spider-Man. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of the tension between like the, the authority figure and stuff like that has to do with either crime or, you know, Spider-Man or right. something like that. And it's really just about making sure that he is comfortable in his own skin and in his school and in this new environment yeah. and stuff like that, as opposed to, um, you know. Because what I really could have seen this movie going is he's worried that he's getting into a life of crime because he's hanging out with his uncle right. and like all of that stuff, which would have been I don't know, just basically unimportant. <laughs> yeah. Like like what like the the real drama that I loved with the father is that it's just he's making sure that he's okay yeah. and that like he is growing up like well right. and it's so good. Ugh. This movie's yeah, awesome. It's this so movie's clever. awesome. It's like 
there's so many, I mean, there's a, a million Easter eggs in the background of this film that are like fun to spot. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and, but they're not important to the film. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're, they're yeah. just there as like background color. And, um, yeah, I, I just had so much affection for it. It's, um, there's very few things not to like about this yeah. movie. I, it's, it's so good. I highly encourage everybody to go yes. see it. If you're listening to the spoiler section, you've probably already yes. seen it. Go see it again. I'm going to see All it again. All right. I have so many other things I want to talk with you about, Lucas, but it's been a long one. Yes, it has. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. So, Sandra, where can we find you online? All of my social media handles are at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff, and you can find us together on Twitter at Feeling It Pod, or you can send us an email at feelingitpod at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes, or uh, say hello, or say you <laughs> probably disagreed with us on Roma. <laughs> <Yes>. So, yay! <laughs> all right, Bye-bye. see ya. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away, Rick! I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 